My name is Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at BufferingCast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it's Cammy and this is Nikki from Double Teen Podcast and I'm Stephanie and motherfucking Megan from Broco Therapy. Come join us for the first live show ever. Broco Therapy and Double Teen Podcast are collaborating for a live show event in Los Angeles on October 20th at 7 p.m. We are so excited everyone you don't want to miss this show i know you're dying to meet us and you're gonna get to do just that but we're also going to have drinks we're gonna have games you might see hk and nikki have an anal battle you never know what's gonna happen but it's gonna be lit so i promise you want to be there la come through and party with me cammy and nikki and celebrate our first live show ever to find tickets for the event feel free to check out the description down below or go check out our websites brocotherapy.com or doubleteampodcast.com we hope to see you guys there and we want to meet every single one of you guys and take a photo and laugh and be friends and just make memories and it's our first one so you guys have to come please oh i'm so excited i want to be so nervous Testing, testing, and then just have you talk in the mic okay. and just in your regular volume. All right. And then I'm going to try to adjust accordingly. Okay, sounds good. Talking, talking in my regular volume. It's funny, whenever I do podcasts, I like lower, I like go, hello. You know, Ooh, like. Yeah, you kind of have to I, when you yeah, do, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What I, I used to work at a call center and I was told I had like a really, someone asked me, two people asked mm. me out over the phone. And one was a middle-aged woman. <laughs> Like, like so that. I've been I've I've been told I have a nice like you do have a nice yeah. tone like yeah. for sure like I feel like you'd be like a really nice good person like and like I don't know and hot you sound oh, yeah. hot you sound yeah. hot yeah <laughs> it's like, such a yeah I was like is that too aggressive to say I'm no. like you sound oh. really hot <laughs> I'm here for it my body is ready as yes. Danny would say God has he ever said that to you Yes or he goes oh yeah. I love him. It like I had to like relax because I was like, why am I getting turned on? This needs to like (laughs) like something like that. Just I don't know what it is. I love it. But he's he's my favorite. He's really great. But um, yeah, I think it sounds good. I feel like we always tend to get louder as the conversations go. Oh my go. god, I absolutely. And you're an Aquarius, right? And I'm yes. a Sagittarius. So we're loud bitches. Yes, we're fucking yeah. loud. Yeah. And it's oh, don't threaten so us loud. with a good time. Right. And it's crazy because I always feel like I have to like tone it down sometimes because I know how intense and loud I can be. <laughs> but you know, okay. we're working through it. We're working yeah. through it. <laughs> okay, so it's Nadej. 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 Yeah. Okay. See, I knew it, but then you said it right the first. You got my anxiety it. Yeah. kicked in. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it was like self doubt. It was like you're gonna fuck it up. 
Okay, well, let's get into it. Okay. Hi, guys. It's me, Stephanie Megan, your host of Broco Therapy. And we have the lovely, the professional, the hot <laughs> sex therapist, those sex scientist, Nadesh. Hi, everybody. Yes. I'm so thrilled you're here because... Like I was telling you, we always have, you know, a lot of the show is like me and my friends talking about what we like and giving advice or whatever, or crying on the pod. But like, <laughs> we don't have as many professionals on, like I have before, yeah. but I always get so excited to have someone who's educated yeah. on the pod. <laughs> hey, I try. Yes. I, I am a scientist. I'm a sex scholar. So, so. Wait, how does, like, how did you get into this? What is a sex scientist? Like, I need to know more. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I went to Berkeley and I was going to be an English major. I love reading. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, I was just, I had already gone to community college. And so I was Smart. like, I'm, yeah, <laughs> saved a lot of money that way. Yeah. And I had, was basically asked to read all the same authors that I had read before. And I was just like, this is boring. And we had one of the best feminist studies departments in the world. So I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to try that. Right. And so I loved it. And then I was able to because I transferred as a junior, mm. I immediately had to like write a thesis paper and research something for a couple mm. of years. So okay. I was like, what wouldn't bore me? And that was sex. Of course. And so I started studying sex. I was able to go to like porn production companies, watch them make porn. I focused on feminist porn, BDSM porn, queer porn. Um, and yeah, and so I studied sex. And that's then, so much fun. Okay, yeah. continue. No, well, that's that's how it began of me studying sex. And yeah. then I graduated and I started writing articles online. And mm -hmm. over the years, that just really started to take off. And that was where my brand Pleasure Science was born, mm -hmm. where I just help people feel healthy and empowered in their sexuality. And I'm also like a queer femme. So so that plays into the way I view gender and sex and sexuality. Right. And it's it's just been really great. I feel like we live in a culture that, I mean, it's, you get such, we were talking earlier, you get such mixed messages about sex. Like, be empowered, but don't be promiscuous, but also be promiscuous. But, right. you know, like. But, like, just, don't be empowered. Yeah. It's confusing. It's very confusing. Yeah. And I just love having a really, like, optimistic, health-based approach. And that's always how I try to, to yeah. talk about sex with people. Right. And and that's that's how I got here. <laughs> I love that. So do you just kind of like do you do a little bit of sex therapy and you just kind of help people and just yeah. educate like absolutely well so I'm not a therapist because okay, okay. you do need to go that's a whole that's separate a whole like getting licensed and all of that and okay. we should be seeing sex therapists actually because doctors gynecologists and urologists don't have sex education training as a part mm. of their curriculum so like there are things that I know as a sex educator and a scholar that my gynecologist doesn't know, mm. which isn't to like say anything bad about your gynecologist or your doctor because they go through so much studying and schooling, like right. 10 years of it to be able to help people. Right. But the problem is the curriculums that they're given. It's not required. So unless a gynecologist chooses after they become like a gynecologist to study sex, mm. that's not going to be a part of like their repertoire, which is right. crazy because it's like it just, vagina. Exactly. You're just, like, like you should know. You absolutely. That's crazy. Here's yeah. the thing. Like America, sex education sucks. Oh, it's bad. Like I just realized what my clit was like over <laughs> a year ago. I love it. Like it's, I yeah. thought this other thing, part of my vagina was my clit. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean I was, that's normal. That's we only eighteen states require sex education to be medically accurate right mm. now. So, and we're adults, right? right? So that's right now. If you were a kid, like when we were kids, it was even younger. When our parents were kids, I mean, forget about it. Like right. they're lucky they even know where a penis is. I mean, I'm kidding. But right? no, honestly. <laughs> but it's, it's just to say it's so bad. It's so you know? bad. And so that's, I mean, yeah, from your doctor to yourself, like we're just really uneducated. So uneducated. Yeah. And it's like, I, I feel like it's crazy that I even ended up having a podcast about sex because it's just like, <laughs> I thought I knew until yeah. I really like stepped into this space and I'm just like so fascinated and there's always so much to learn. Yeah. And absolutely. one of the biggest things I think right now that I've just been kind of exploring and just been so curious about are just like the different kinks and like fetishes mm-hmm. and like I think it'd be so cool to really just talk about like the science part of it. Yeah. Like oh, absolutely. How, like like, I don't even know where to begin. Well, I mean, <laughs> one of the reasons why, like, everybody is so uneducated is because we're not even studying sex. So, like, the study of pleasure, like, there's this neuroscientist who just came out with a book, I think it was last year, mm-hmm. called Why Good Sex Matters. And it's all about the neuroscience of pleasure and sex. And it's like, she's a pioneer in this industry like we're just not studying it we haven't been studying it mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why people don't know about like the clitoris like the right. average clitoris is four inches long and it gets an erection just like a penis <gasps> um most that's people crazy. don't know about that your g-spot is the root of your clitoris so just oh, newsflash if you've been trying to have a g-spot orgasm and you think something is wrong with you, yeah, how do you it's all g- the clitoris <laughs> how do you get a g-spot orgasm well it some people like it it depends on where you're like I mean, your clitoris is in the actual vaginal structure. So like I said, like your G-spot is the root of your clitoris, right? So it's deep into it's not like visible if you just go it's oh it's not visible for sure okay okay <laughs> i don't know i'm just it's on the inside so it's on I'm the so inside like in the vaginal cavern okay, right okay. so if you stick a finger in and then make a come hither motion you'll feel like that kind of spongy surface area and that yeah. can be really sensitive so that's where the root of the clitoris is mm. and then the head of the clitoris is the little kind of button that is you know that a i lot found of us it know. yeah yep a lot of us <laughs> know and love um so in terms of like getting a g spot orgasm a lot of that like depends on just like how your clitoris even is in your body like Mm. how long it is some people have maybe a smaller clitoris Um, again so the average clitoris is four inches long so maybe your clitoris is like three to four inches long and so Mm. the root of your clitoris is a little bit further back and so penetration isn't really going to hit that nerve ending as well and so you're not going to have as strong of a g-spot orgasm as you would if someone was eating you out or you were using a vibrator or you were just like playing with your clitoris with your fingers right and then for other people they're g-spot or their the root of their clitoris is closer to like the walls of their vagina but then the head is a little bit further down underneath the hood and Mm. so it can be like there are some people who like have a vagina and you eat them out and they're like you know this just doesn't like do it for me Mm. and but then penetration rocks that's me and that's Okay, like, so there you go. So you're really probably, did. yeah. So the root of your clitoris is probably closer to your vaginal Oh, so I would have hole. had a small penis, huh? 
Maybe, but like, does size Sorry. really matter? Size doesn't matter. I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> well, I, was... I mean, we can think that it does. For right. me, it's so funny. Like, I always, I don't think that size matters. Like, if it's too big, it hurts me. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like nicer if it's average to small size. Like, I dated a guy once, and I got anxiety when I saw his penis because I was like, oh my god, that ha- if he's a grower and not a shower, and he's already like showing, like yeah. I'm fucked. Luckily, he wasn't a grower. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was that was that, that was, was it. But what that was still was a lot. Right. Like, right. I was like we're gonna focus on some other things that's true i need i need like a, a medium medium yeah. to large. like i don't know yeah but i definitely know like i've been with guys who were just way too big yeah that it was kind of like i was scared yeah and absolutely. it would take a while for me to like feel comfortable in sex because of like how big it was yeah yeah all right guys let's be honest eating is too expensive but we have to do it to survive But in this economy, food and grocery shopping has really got super pricey. And that's why we all need to start budgeting our food expenses. But at the same time, we still want to eat great while on a budget. So save big and eat great with America's Best Value Meal Kit. Their meals are cheaper than your average fast casual meal. So ditch the takeout to save money while still enjoying fresh, satisfying meals. They're honestly the easiest way to eat affordably. Get every plate and take back your time this month with fewer trips to the grocery store and meals ready in six simple steps. Save even more time with the quick and easy recipes, including easy cleanup options and options ready in 30 minutes or less. They plan the meals and deliver pre-portioned ingredients right to your door so you could spend less time meal prepping and more time on you. You have better things to do than worry about what's for dinner. Every plate provides plenty of delicious variety with 26 tasty and affordable recipes that change every week. So it's easy to find something flavorful and satisfying for every meal of the day. You can also customize recipes to your liking by swapping proteins and sides or adding a protein to a veggie dish. Plus, add even more delicious options to your order with over 25 convenient sides, breakfast items, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. As a girl who's always on a budget and likes to eat good, every plate is your girl. Honestly, it saves me so much time. I don't have to think too much about what I'm going to cook that day. And it's just always delicious. Like, I always know it's going to be a great meal. And the best part is, I'm not spending too much money on it. And I love that. Get a meal starting at just $1.49 plus $1 steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49brokegirl. Subscription must be active to qualify and redeem the dollar stake. Again, that's everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49brokegirl. So, Ooh. yeah, so eating, being mm. eaten out, it feels good, yeah. but, like, I don't ever come from it. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Like, so, but then I do from penetration. Yeah. 
Okay, so nothing's wrong I mean, with so, me? No, not at all. It's just about, like, because your clitoris, like, okay, if we think about how, like, boobs are all different shapes and sizes, right? But, yeah. And then vaginas are all different looks. Like, some of the lips are big. Sometimes it's like a peekaboo pussy. You can't really mm. see it, you know, Yeah, whatever. my lips are big. Oh, I love They're it. They're really thick. I love it. I have a thick vagina. Love it. Um, <laughs> and what was I saying? I, now I'm just you imagining. You got this in my No, now I'm just imagining, like, thick vaginas, which I love. Like, I'm here for it. Yes. Um, fuck. What were we talking about? Oh, God. Uh, ADHD. Um, Getting, eating out. Eating out. And then. Oh, yeah. So all. Okay. So everybody's. So everybody's vulva or vagina like mm. looks different. Right. And then you have the clitoris, which is mostly an internal structure. So when I said that the average clitoris is four inches long, the tip of the clitoris, imagine like the tip of the penis. Right. Those mm. are small areas. That's the only part that's external. And then the shaft of your clitoris is all internal. Mm. Okay. It wraps around the whole of your vagina. And that's why when you're like aroused your vagina or like vulva, because technically that's the correct term for it, but I think you could call your privates whatever you want. But that's why your lips swell. That's when you're getting an mm. erection. That's those are the that's the the like shaft of oh, your clitoris. Oh, it swells up. So mm-hmm. it, it does. It is true. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. your clitoris is like a penis in a different form. Right. Um. Right. And so, but yeah. So that that's the shaft. And then okay. Now I forgot again. Fuck. So what? We it, both have ADD. I know. Do you have ADD? But, oh yeah. Okay, I mean, fine. I haven't been diagnosed, but listen to this conversation. Right. Like, <laughs> it know, is what, what it is. It's like it is I feel what, like it's being a millennial. Exactly. Like, I think most millennials have ADHD. Oh yeah. You're curious and you have ADHD it's a great combination exactly yeah, yeah. so wait th- I did have a question yeah so because it is more difficult for me to orgasm through like being eaten out yeah what are some tips that I should like give to my partner well I think one if you have trouble having an orgasm from being eaten out it's probably because again like maybe the nerve endings like there's a little bit more flesh between the nerve endings of your clitoris and like the mm. rest of your clitoris, like mm. it sounds like your clitoris is a little bit further down, so it's going to be closer to the vaginal hole, which is why penetration through the back or through the vagina, if that makes sense. I feel like okay. I wish I had like a picture. Okay. But, um, but what would help is having a vibrator and then like a vibrator and like tongue action at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Because basically like if if you're not getting that stimulated from being eaten out, it just means that like the sensation isn't getting all the way to the root of the clitoris. So a reason why vibrators are so great is because it can stimulate the entire muscle. That is the clitoris. I see. Yeah. Because like, I, cause I have orgasm through, you know, being eaten out, but it is always when there is a vibrator. Yeah. But without a vibrator, like not even just with my partner, like it's been this journey (laughs) through my whole sex life where it was like yeah eating out like feels good but like I always hear other women being like oh my god it was just amazing I need to be eating now because like they just come so hard but I'm like I've never experienced that yeah so their nerve endings and like their clitoris is probably closer like their vaginal hood may not be that big or their you know it's just it's literally like the positioning of where your clitoris is in your body sometimes yeah like it's like how some yoga exercises will work for one person and they'll hurt another person it's literally just like what works for you what works for you absolutely yeah so I always get questions I'm like Steph like how do I orgasm like I can't orgasm there's something wrong with me and that used to be something that I battled with Mm -hmm. like I wasn't able to come it was very rare now I come all the time (laughs) with my like boyfriend but like what advice do you have like for those who can't come 
I mean, I think that, that one, I'd say see a pelvic floor therapist because it may be due to trauma and like maybe just seeing a pelvic floor therapist mm -hmm. who's literally like a physical therapist for your coochie mm -hmm. um, or your penis or whatever Whoa. Every, and everything in between. That's crazy. Yeah. I've never so heard. So if you have, oh yeah, that's, they're great. They're amazing. We yeah. should actually be seeing them like regularly, annually. Right. So basically a pelvic floor therapist can give you exercises to either strengthen the muscles or if there's like trauma, like, like if you get into a car accident and then you go to a physical therapist who's going to work out the trauma in your muscles, like mm. they can give you exercises to do that literally like with your vagina. So especially if you've experienced sexual assault, because I'm someone who experienced sexual assault mm. and like you, I had a lot of trouble orgasming right. with other people. With, by myself, it was fine. Yeah. So, and so for me, it was two things. One, there was trauma to the vagina. So I worked with a pelvic floor therapist to help like just make me feel, like make my body not feel like scared when I was being touched down there and like mm. reheal that relationship with touch. So that can wow. be a part of it. Right. And then for me, what also helped um, was one, just like accepting that that was my reality. You know, not trying to, like, it's not a problem that you can fix right away. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is psychological. Your brain is your biggest sex organ. That was, that was me. It was, yeah. it was really, it was, ADHD, I think, really played a part in that. Because oh, I'm over yeah. here, like, thinking about, like, my plans while I'm, like, getting penetrated. Yeah. So that doesn't help. Absolutely. And so if that's part of the problem, then I think developing focus-based practices when you're not having sex to help mm. your mind relax. Because if you're someone who's really active, whether your mind is really active or you like are just the type of person who can't sit down, mm. then working out ways to normalize, like, oh, I'm sitting, I'm in rest mode, and my brain isn't going to go off the handle. Mm. That'll help in the bedroom as well, because if you think about it, if you have an overactive mind and then you go to lay down for sex, like, it's like at the end of the day going to lay down for sleep and you can't sleep. Like, the brain mm. doesn't know how to turn off. Mind so fucked, why would yeah. the brain, like, suddenly, like just heal itself during sex if right. it's not healed in all the other areas. That's so, so true. Yeah, but there's so many, like, and when you had asked me before, like, if I'm a therapist, I'm not a therapist, but I do do sex coaching with people because I do have this database of information. And I think mm. that people, one, they, again, we don't know the science. And mm. then two, like, there are so many ways that we can start to heal this area. Mm. And like, and that, again, that's why it's important to seek just a sex counselor, sex educator, sex therapist, whatever calls to you and feels like the right move. Like, that's what you need to start doing because wow. it's yeah. so unique. It's to, so unique like, to like each person. It's like hard it to like give advice. It's like, I know it works for me now. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody is different. They are. You mentioned how, um, like you couldn't orgasm with partners, but you're yeah. you're fine by yourself. That's actually something that like it was a struggle for me as well. Mm -hmm. Like not only could I orgasm with partners, I just couldn't orgasm myself. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about it before and I've joked about it before where I was like, I'd watch porn and be like masturbating. And then yeah. I'd be like thinking about production budgets and yeah. all this stuff. And like it was hard to get into like the fantasy mm -hmm. of everything, which I feel like I definitely want to touch on too. So like yeah. what... Like I, you mentioned before um, we uh, came on the pod that you there you could talk like about a lot about fantasy and there's like yeah. a whole like science to it. Oh, like yeah. what advice do you have for someone like me when I'm masturbating to kind yeah. of um, to, to get into that fantasy Absolutely. and to not feel shame of it? For you know? sure. Well, I'd say the first step is even before you are going to start fantasizing, do some um, like 
practices to get you to stop thinking about everything else. So the first thing I would do, like let's just say you're laying in bed or on the mm -hmm. couch or wherever you're gonna be, um, look around at the four corners of the room that you're in. That is something that animals do and it helps them soothe their nervous system. Oh, and that'll help, I mean, humans are animals. Yeah. So that'll help you. And a reason why animals do that is because they're checking their surroundings to make sure they're safe. But it's also a grounding technique that can help you get present in the moment. Ooh. So if you're in the, like, obviously you're in the bedroom, you're already kind of looking up at the ceiling. So look at the four corners of your room, especially if you notice, like, I'm thinking about the grocery list. I'm thinking about the, the credit card I left at Target. I'm like, right. why did I do that? Right. Like, now yeah. I'm mad at myself. Exactly. And that whole thing. So stop that right there by looking around the room, the four corners of the room to kind of get present. And then um, a breathing technique that I do that I learned from an MD that I love is you take a couple inhales for four counts and exhales for six counts. Mm -hmm. The reason being is when you exhale for longer than you inhale, you soothe your nervous system again. And so the reason why before you even get into the fantasy, it's so important to start soothing your nervous system is because neuroscientists have found that if you're not in a rest and digest mode, mm -hmm. you can't enjoy pleasure. You can't even receive it because you're going to be in survival mode. You're in fight or right. flight mode. And the right. thing with sex is that we are taught that if you have too much sex, you're promiscuous. If you don't have enough, you're not an adult. Mm. You know, um, we have so many. And then being naked is nerve wracking. Oh, being naked um, is nerve-wracking. nerve-wracking as hell. Yeah. So it's like there's so many ways that even the very act of sex or masturbation will heighten your nervous system and put you into fight or flight mode. Mm. And so just taking a step back and doing those really quick, easy little ways to ground and soothe yourself are going to make a big difference. And then okay. once you feel like a little bit soothed, and those are also meditative practices, so they will calm your mind, right? And so then once you've done that and laid that foundation for yourself, then start getting into the fantasy. Mm. And the, what we were talking about earlier with fantasies, like I'm a big, big proponent, proponent of people like fantasizing without shame. I think that's really, really healing um, because we have so many taboo fantasies. I so, mean, like yeah. by the time you're five years old, you have seen images of war, violence, um, intimacy, you've seen it all, mm -hmm. right? And so we get very confusing messages that are very charming and sexual. Mm -hmm. And we start to develop this foundation for sexual fantasy when we're kids, right? right. And then as adults, we're like, okay, why does rape turn me on? Um, why did I watch that movie 365 days like eight times? She right. got kidnapped. It's so problematic, but it's hot. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but no, it's I so haven't. hot. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so hot. <laughs> so problematic, so hot. Right. But I feel like that's how sexual fantasies start to unfold. And then we begin to repress ourselves and censor ourselves. And that's just not a good thing to do because you can't undo desire. And so psychologists who study sexual fantasy have found that it's cathartic and healthy to fantasize without shame and to start doing that and fantasize without censoring yourself. Yeah, um, You learn more about yourself, your childhood, your surroundings, your culture. So you become way more self-aware. That's what we have found through science when you fantasize about mm -hmm. yourself or just fantasize without shame um and then you experience sex a little bit better because yeah. you're you're just you're just allowing yourself to go to just like let your yeah. mind run free so do yeah. you think that like the stuff that we go through like trauma and the things that we have experienced really affects like our fantasies absolutely i mean yeah. how can it not like, all of your experiences yeah like do. how about like the the R word like the, the, R, the that, rape that fantasy the rape fantasy it's which, so taboo it's so taboo yeah. but 
there's actually it's actually very very common oh it's extremely common yeah. the latest research on rape fantasies is that 50 percent of men have them uh, about 60 percent of women and then with gender non-conforming people and queer people we don't have those specific numbers but again what we do know across all gender is that if you start to fantasize without censoring yourself yourself and start to release some of that shame you will feel healthier mm. and so you know if you have rape fantasies one there's also some really interesting reasons why we have rape yeah, fantasies. Yeah, I was going to say, like, why, why out of all the other ones is this one, like, one of the most common? Yeah. Um, well, this, what, this is, okay, so sit down if you're not sitting down. Because yeah. <laughs> the two, well, some of the most common rape fantasies, yeah. like, it's not just rape, but incest is also super, super. So I've heard that that one's super. Really, since the 1960s, that has been one of the most made pornographies and most made pornography genres. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're obviously really into some taboo stuff as a culture. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when it comes to rape specifically, um, you don't have to have been assaulted to have this fantasy. A lot of people who have this fantasy were not assaulted. Okay. Um, if you were assaulted, a common reason why you may have this fantasy is because when you are fantasizing, you are in control. So mm. someone who was a victim can step back into a memory where they now have complete control and it helps you begin to rewrite and reimagine what happened to you in a way where you can feel empowered. Right. Now, if that sounds like you, I also recommend again, like trying to seek out a therapist, especially someone who is trauma informed. Well, uh, if someone is a therapist, but they don't have the word sex therapist, they just like your gynecologist or doctor probably don't have sex ed training. Mm. So if you can find a sex therapist, that's great. But Trauma is so, like, that's why people go to therapy. So I'd say most therapists are well-versed at, at least in sexual trauma and healing that. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend going to see an expert and working through that with them. But the biggest takeaway I'd have is don't make yourself feel shameful and recognize that this is a way that you're brain and body is healing and that's okay. And right. then for other people who are like, well, I have this fantasy and that it's never like, happened. I, it's never happened right, to me. Right. Like, am I horrible? And I'm, am I wishing something horrible to happen to myself? Mm -hmm. No. Again, like, think of all of the images that we, like, Beauty and the Beast is about a girl who gets kidnapped by a beast exactly. and falls in love with him. Okay? Like, it's, it's, it's a fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> and we've been force fed these fantasies. So you're not crazy or mm -hmm. weird. Um, another reason why rape fantasies are so common or just forced sex fantasies in general is because it takes away the ability for us to be bad. And what I mean by that is if you are really, if you grew up in a strict background, whether it was religious or it was just strict, Me. period. Yeah. yeah, strict and religious. Yep. And so like <laughs> even the very idea of being attracted to someone and having sex is taboo. When it's a rape fantasy, you get to step oh. out of like being blamed for your desires. You're oh like, oh, gosh. but it's forced upon me. <gasps> and then all of a sudden your subconscious is giving you an outlet to start fantasizing and wow. so it's funny because you could have a rape fantasy and think you're horribly taboo but the rape fantasy is is not like very violent or not it's just literally that you were saying no 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 so you can in mm. some subconscious way be like I'm not a bad person for having these desires that I don't understand right but right. again you can't undo desire right and so this is why like 
psychologists have come in and started to say like, hey, like it's cathartic to fantasize. If your fantasies are taboo, it can be even more cathartic to fantasize. Mm. Like don't, don't make yourself bad, try to learn from it. And that's what's also really interesting is people really learn a lot about themselves when they start to fantasize and I agree. let go of that shame and just be like, okay, I accept that I have this weird fantasy. I don't know what that's about. Right, but. like I think it's like it, it, you get like a little bit of like a, this weird, not weird, but like this confidence in yourself, like yeah. this acceptance I think yeah. is like really powerful. So I think accepting Absolutely. that is what you, yeah, I think that's like super dope. Yeah. So I have a fantasy of like, let's mm. <laughs> just talk about all the Love fantasy. it. I have a fantasy and it hasn't happened yet where I like want to see my partner like, have sex with another woman oh I love and like I used to never be like that with any other guy like mm. granted this relationship is like a healthy one yeah. but my my ex is like <clears throat> was not the healthiest yeah. but I couldn't have never in a million years have ever accepted it back then but now yeah. that I'm in a healthy relationship and I feel comfortable yeah it's like I am still I just fantasize. I talk about it all the time. They they definitely know. <laughs> like I fantasize about it, and I'm like, I thought it was like it was just a new thing that I didn't think that I would be really yeah. into, and I definitely want to one day like test it out. Yeah. So like, what's the science of that? Or you know, like it's like, <laughs> oh like, yeah. Why is it before I wasn't okay? Mm. I mean, yeah, we know it's because I was like now in a healthy relationship, but I just. I don't know how that just develops. I guess for me, I I'm mean, just kind of, like, feeling secure. Maybe unlocked like the ability to step into that fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, there's a bunch, like there's like seven of the most common fantasies that we know of. And like having threesomes or watching your partner have sex with someone else is one of the top ones. Okay. So I also think you're just a human. Okay. Um, but feeling secure in your relationship has like allowed for this idea to unfold. But what's also interesting about fantasies, and this is like the interesting piece, because obviously like we've talked about fantasies that can be pretty taboo. Mm -hmm. Just because you fantasize about something also doesn't mean that you need to do it in real life. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you mm -hmm. may think, oh, this is so hot. I'm, I want to watch my boyfriend have sex with someone else. And then it happens in real life and it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what <laughs> and and yeah. it doesn't feel good. And right. it's, it's, that's the other piece about fantasies and that's why you're you know doing it in your mind is one thing doing it in real life is another not to say that you shouldn't because that sounds hot and fun right and right for it um but stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> but like I that's also the piece about feeling secure like if you had done it in another relationship you probably would have felt like oh I'm not secure like what like whatever insecurities are on the table, these are going to be triggered. But right. with this person, it could be hot and fun and like carefree and free spirited. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it can be hot and it, it can be a good situation. But yeah. even if you do it and you don't like it, that's also normal, right? Okay, like okay, that's, okay. that's good you to know. Because like, what if I did like do it and I'm like, actually, why am I triggered? Yeah, you some know? things so. are hotter in your brain than they are in real life. And that's like, true. you don't need to... Like, you can explore every fantasy in your brain, but you don't need to, like, make it manifest in real life to right. feel that same satisfaction. Mm, I see. Yeah. I see. You know, so I mentioned something about fantasy, like, having... I, I think it was Danica mentioned... She's mm. a sex therapist. She mentioned on one of the clips before, like, oh, like, you know, you have to fantasize to get to, you know, 
to orgasm. What, mm. I can't remember what she said. But people in the comments are like, fantasizing, that means you're not into your partner. Oh, that's another big, okay, so another big myth <laughs> about that. No, I'm so right. glad you brought that one yeah. up because I hear that one all the time and then I always forget about it because I'm like, it's a myth. Right. Um, but no, I mean, fantasizing about another person isn't cheating on your partner. Cheating on your partner is cheating on your partner. Right. Uh, and like your... You're your own self-partner. Like, you're self-partnered at all times. Mm -hmm. So it's okay if you, like, have a fantasy about someone or a celebrity or, like, I don't know, the hot grocer who's bagging your bags who has right. those arms. Like, yeah. it's, again, it can be really cathartic to fantasize about that and give that an outlet instead of repressing it mm -hmm. because then repressed desires will come out in all different types of way. Maybe resentment for your partner because your partner doesn't work out their arms and you like wish right. that they did and then the hot grocery guy like has, has, the, has arms. the arms right but right like in real life like you wouldn't even be able to hold a conversation and it wouldn't right. be fun you know like so it's yeah yeah because there's so many people who are like I don't like having my partner like watch porn and all that mm. stuff and I just feel like I don't understand why it's an issue I guess maybe yeah. it's just like people have different morales of what cheating is and For so sure. even just like thinking and of trauma people have so much trauma around being right. cheated on like i imagine if you have dated people who like didn't treat you right why on earth would it feel comfortable to have your partner watch porn like right. that makes complete sense or like go to a strip club like one of my friends hates oh. it when her husband goes to a strip club and i'm like girl like those strippers could give a fuck they about don't give a husband. fuck about your man they, no <laughs> right. they're at work exactly. like it's it's chill exactly yeah, but you know I, it completely makes sense we have so much trauma and then like especially like with relationships we're taught like and I think we're taught this across all genders like people like to put this on women but I don't think it's just women like we are so competitive about getting a good partner and mm. like what that means right and so like on top of it it's like don't take what's mine uh don't go looking elsewhere right, like we're right, so right. protective over these things and I mean if someone's gonna cheat they're gonna cheat regardless of if they watch porn or not and it's tough. I, I'm someone, like, I'm definitely one of the sex experts who doesn't think it's good to, like, give those restrictions because you can't undo desire. Right, right. It, yeah. It's something you can't really help. No. You can't really help what you like. No. You really can't. You can't. Yeah. Like, I yeah. agree. I agree. So what are, yeah. like, some other common, like, fantasies that, that you know of that mm. maybe are, like, taboo that, you know... I mean, I'd say the rape one is the is probably the most taboo mm -hmm. because people are like, it's horrible. And it is a horrible thing when it happens in real life. Course, like yeah. it, it's different in your fantasy and like, you know, let that wash over you that it's different in your fantasy than the horrible thing that someone does in real life. But other really common fantasies that are a little more lighthearted are like threesomes, group sex, BDSM, just like exploring like bondage or dominance and submission. Yeah, yeah. That's a really hot one. Um, what else is really queer fantasies? So fantasizing about like being with a different gender, same gender, what right. have you. Like um, I definitely, I have never like hooked up with a woman and I want to mm, one day. Like yeah. I'm just like, waiting for the right yeah. time, but I'm scared. 
I mean, it's like being a virgin again. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like a virgin. I feel yeah. like, how do I flirt? Like, how do I, like, oh, what, yeah. or like, what do I even like? It's, it's like the energies, it's just, I mean, dating different people is, is always different in general. So mm. dating across, like, it can be a completely different energy and intention. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and other famous are famous. Other really common fantasies are also like playing with your gender, which is another really fun mm. one. Play um, with, what does that entail? Like maybe being a different gender, imagining like, you're, if you're a cisgendered woman in the mm. fantasy, you're like, you're a guy and like mm. someone's going down on you. Okay. Um, or things like this. Like it's another really common one that humans have. And I think with the transgender movement, people can be so like triggered sometimes by the transgender movement and mm. like they don't even acknowledge like, well, maybe a reason why you're activated by like this community is because you have these fantasies that you're repressing. Mm. And like, it doesn't, again, you don't have to act on anything. It doesn't mean that you're trans. Yeah. It doesn't mean, or yeah. Or like, it's not because it's a fantasy. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, but it's, I mean, it's funny because we have so many things that we like all the people who have fantasies about like, like I know a lot of men who identify as straight, who've given another guy a blow job. It's Mm. like, I swear to God, if I'm at a bar and I meet a straight guy and I tell him what I do, he's like, I gave a blow job once. Am I weird? Like, (gasps) and I'm like, no boo, you're fine. And so, but it's like, we have all of these fantasies, whether you like fantasize about being a different gender or not, not having a gender at all or whatever, or fantasize about whatever. Or doing something that's not common with a um, yeah. straight you know like whatever a yeah straight it's male. not in the dominant culture right. and you feel you're not weird like right, get right. over yourself yeah. you're also not even special <laughs> you're just yeah. a human with your fantasies exactly. we all have them no I yeah. love it because I feel like I just feel like as of lately since talking to you and like yeah. the twins and you know everyone else lately who's been on the show just really just like n- normalizing just how common sex we all know sex is common but really just like talking about it in a way that like really helps educate people and that we don't feel weird it's it's not something to be ashamed of because I grew up in like a a catholic strict household so it was really just like don't even think about sex you know what I mean like I asked my mom I was like how like how did I get here like how were like babies born and she was like we prayed you know what I mean like that was the type of time I was on for a while um, so I don't know, I guess like what advice do you have for someone who is still kind of like in the middle of that shame, um, and obviously is human and yeah. is horny and it wants to explore, but like, don't know how, like, what is yeah. something that you could kind of give to them that you, to make them feel like better? it's okay? Yeah. yeah. Feel better. You know, whenever I talk to people who that's their background, they always have this idea in their head that the grass is greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up with this strict background and if I didn't have this strictness, I wouldn't have this shame and everybody has shame. So I'd say the first thing to tell someone mm. is that like the grass wasn't greener on the other side. And if someone was allowed to be more promiscuous or their parents were a little bit more liberal, our sex negative culture still bit them in the ass somehow. Yeah. So, you know, it's okay that that's your baggage. No other baggage would have felt less heavy. And then once, you know, accepting that, like thinking of what do you need to feel cherished? What do you need to enjoy sex? And then begin to answer those questions for yourself because, you know, the shame that you had is a common shame that a lot of people have. And then your needs and your preferences are going to be specific. 
right, and, right. and just starting to ask those questions and get into that journey and just figure out how to nourish yourself, right? right like right. one thing, like we're all self-partnered, whether we're in a relationship or not. And then as we become adults, we also learn how to self-parent, right? That's so so true, yeah. it's a way that you, so, like ha handling your shame and your shit around sex is a way that you're just going to start self-parenting. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what I would say to start that I love journey. That. That's yeah. so true because it, it is like the self-parenting thing that does happen yeah. and you kind of have to like heal that part. And I think yeah. everything else kind of blossoms, like not even just yeah. sex, everything else. Um, so going back to the kinks and fetishes yeah, yeah. and stuff. So like what's <laughs> like something that's like, because I just, you know, the twins are very kinky yeah. and I love it. They like just open my mind up to a lot. Yeah. But I, I guess would say like I'm, I'm a freak. I like, I you know, I like, I'm a very sexual person, but I'm still like, vanilla like I yeah. still feel like I'm there's so much to explore yeah. so like what are some like kinks and fetishes that are super common that are also yeah. like taboo that people don't really like to like talk about mm. I mean I think a lot of people don't like to admit that they're a submissive especially if they're a man mm. that's like and a lot of men are like they like powerful women right um and then I'd say that like there's a lot of women who are also very dominant and like want to step into that role right and maybe feel like they can't or that it isn't sexy mm. um or just like wanting to play with bdsm in a way where you can switch between all the roles mm. um but there's so many i mean kink is so diverse that like another really fun one is pet play like people dressing up as like a kitten and they have an owner or a dog and they have an owner or they could be a fox so they're wild they don't have an owner but they're still a pet oh my i God. mean there's so a many fox? oh yeah yeah I like that it's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's so there's so many ways to be kinky and like play out fantasies. And, you know, one reason why BDSM, especially for people who have ADHD, can mm. be really satisfying is because it gives you a way it gives you structure while you're accessing your erotic side. So your brain is less oh. likely to like because your brain has something to think about. I'm a fox. That's I have to true. Be like like a you fox. have to like, OK, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I love that. Okay, so because I love to be, like, degraded and to be, like, hit. But I don't think yeah. I've ever really tried, like, BDSM. Like, yeah. I don't even know where to, like, begin. <laughs> oh, I mean, a good spanking. Okay, okay. Is, so that's considered fun. BDSM? Like, oh, my spanking? God, yeah. Okay. I don't know Absolutely. why. I just thought, like, if you're doing BDSM, like, it has to be, like, you have to be, like, in character. You have to be, like, dressed up. Uh, I mean, you can, but you don't yeah. have to. Okay. Like, the a really easy way to start playing with BDSM is to start, like, having fun, like, sexting conversations. Okay. So, like, I mean, would you want to be the submissive or the dominant? I thought I was more dominant, but I think I'm a bratty sub. Oh, my God. I love being a brat. Yeah. I um, love being a brat. So it's much fun. fun. I like yeah. being spicy. Yeah. yeah. So, like, um, you know, you can whatever is, like, a fun way for you to be punished. Because I feel like when I'm a brat, like, I want to misbehave so that way you can punish me, right? Mm, and yeah. so, like, in text, like telling your partner ahead of time, like, this is how I like to be punished or whatever. And then your okay. partner may, like, text you and say, like, today you're only allowed to wear all black. And then when you hang out, your partner sees that you wore a red necklace. I was going to say, because one time I, like, went on a date with a, a self-proclaimed daddy dom. And he was like, oh, yeah, wear a skirt for me. And I didn't. Because I didn't <laughs> like being told what to do. I so it. I was being kind of bratty. Yeah. But he still spanked me. It's fine. Well, and see, that's the point. Is that, <laughs> yeah. like, because you misbehaved, you get the spanking. Yeah. But, like, you got what you wanted. 
That okay. one of the biggest myths about BDSM is that the dominant person is in control and they're not. The submissive person and the dominant person should connect and see if they have similar fantasies so that way they can step into the roles that they want. Mm. Because like there are some dominants who don't want to be with a brat because what turns them on is someone being like really I don't know, like what, what's the word for it? Like service oriented, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. wear this, clean this, da da da. And then the submissive gets off on that. Right. Whereas other people are like, oh, I want a bratty submissive. I want like a challenge. A, exactly. Or right. not even like challenge. I don't even know is the right word because I think that can like make consent ideas tricky. Right. Okay. But like, they just, they enjoy, like, like it's endearing to see someone kind of rebel against them, you know? Okay, and so okay. it's like you want to figure out how to step into your roles. And so being with someone who's, like, going to tell you to do something, you're going to misbehave in some way. Right. Because Always. you're, yeah. Yeah. You're being yourself. You're being your cute self. <laughs> exactly. And then they're going to find that endearing, but also punish you because yeah. like, that's also fun for like, that's why some people are dominant ah. or sadistic because like punishing someone is fun yeah. and it doesn't have to mean it's extremely painful. Like punishing could literally be like, you don't get your cell phone for the next 12 hours. And then you like getting, being a brat and be yeah. like, no, like, right. I, okay. you know, I find a lot of BDSM play is also us like stepping into our like childhood selves oh, and working 100%, out some there's shit. there's always like daddy, yeah. little girl, oh, yeah. like all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So okay, that just, I don't know why. I just always, when I thought of BDSM, I always just thought it was like this production where someone has to be in latex. <laughs> there's there's sex well, toys that's involved. That's the way the media has like totally portrayed right, it. Right, but then Which like... Which it can be that way. Exactly, but, but then I'm like, wait, so I've been doing BDSM? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm not I feel vanilla? like a lot of us have. And right. like we didn't even know. We're just... We're just, doing we're just attracted to our weird taboo desires. Exactly. Like, like I always it. said, I was like, choking is very common. So oh, is yeah. that pretty much vanilla at this point? I mean, I don't think so because okay. you could. Or slapping. I don't slap, know. Well, I mean, no. None okay. of that is really that vanilla. I'm not vanilla anymore. Honest. No. But also with choking, like PSA, like you can really hurt people. So Google safe ways. Like there's mm. the pleasure chest has classes on kink. Like look up credible places that have classes on how to do certain things. Because mm. choking, you can like asphyxiate someone, someone right. and like not bring oxygen to their brain and so it's like more dangerous than we think but it's also very hot like you right. know, don't get me wrong right but um but yeah so it's that's definitely not vanilla like okay let me let me yeah. just list everything i like i love okay it. so i loved being spanked like especially when oh. i'm like like writing yeah I like actually just any time i just like being <laughs> spanked um he slapped me before and i was really into that mm. um I'm trying to think what else. I mean, I've told the whole like seeing somebody. I mean, that's like oh, a yeah. fantasy. Um, talk. Okay, so I what this is my fantasy that I this is kind of like my everyday fantasy. Like mm. the the cucking is like you know yeah. sometimes I'm feeling like yeah. extra freaky, yeah. but then like the kind of everyday like sex day to day <laughs> is like I always envision myself being like a dirty slutty whore that you picked up from like a bar oh my god i love it like i just think in my head i'm like i'm like the slut he chose at the club i so many people have yeah like that's totally yeah, like totally. i don't know why but i'm just like it, it, i don't know it makes me feel good and i just yeah and he likes the dominant and like really trying to you know yeah like it fits well yeah. we have good sex I mean, that's important. And it's and like not vanilla. Stepping, no, not at all. Yeah, and yeah. like stepping into those fantasies like makes it so fun. Yeah. Sex yeah. is just like play dates. 
Exactly. Oh my God. It's an adult play date. It is. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. It literally yeah. is. Wait, I just remember what we were supposed to talk about. Hmm. Remember we spoke on the phone? Oh, like, what? Yeah. It was, um, I took a test. Oh, yeah. Of all my, let me just grab it real quick. If we could. You took the BDSM test, right? Yeah, it was like the key, like all that. Amazing. So my first, so this is the, oh, what is it? Is it the BDSM test? I think so. There's like a test you could take online right. and you fill out like all of your kinks and then they tell you like what percentage you are of all the different things. Right. right. Like you yeah. take it. They ask you questions. You yeah. think if you like it or not. Yeah. And then it just kind of like gives you a rating. And of, then you realize I'm not vanilla and I never right? was. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. OK. So 100 percent it says degrady. Like love I love it. to be degraded, love which it. we know that like yeah. I want to be a dirty slut from yeah. the club. The next one says non-monogamist. Oh. So is that the, that's the cucking, right? It's the one seeing a yeah. different, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or like an open relationship. Yeah. Okay. Any type of open relationship. Yeah. Okay. And then next, 80, so that was 89% and I'm mm. 84% experimentalist. Nice. So just open-minded. You okay. want to try the new things. Yeah. Right, cool. And then 70% switch. Oh, yeah. So you can switch between a dominant or submissive role. I feel like I... I could, I feel like I could, but I don't know too much about my dominant side yet. Like yeah. the only thing I can feel is like dominant is me just like holding him down and just like taking charge. Oh, I love it. Maybe sitting on his face. And he yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but never like, again, me in latex whipping no. him or something like that. Dominance is just about your intention. Same with submission, right? So right. we like talked about how like if you want to be a submissive, it's important to see like am I more service oriented? Do I want to be a brat? Do I want to be a pet? What do I want to be? Yeah. But like the if your pet you're, one is so interesting. Oh, the pet one is so much fun. Have I, you done it? Oh my god, absolutely. <gasps> I I put me in a cage. Like oh I have God. a lot of different kitten ears. <gasps> like I'm, I'm here for this life. So, like, so you are always the cat. Yeah, I like being a kitten. Oh, yeah, I can see you being a kitten. Yeah, I love, I oh, love absolutely. Cats. Do you have cats? Oh yeah, I grew oh. up with cats. I love cats. I foster cats. Oh my like, God, stop. it's out of control. I love that. But... <laughs> that is my dream, though. Like oh, I, know, so like stepping. Oh, go okay. on. What was your dream? I was just saying that I want like ten cats, but my boyfriend oh, would my never God. let me. But... You don't trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Three is the max. Yeah. But um, what was I, if you, again, so stepping into your dominant energy, it's like that same thing. It's the intention. Like, right. what do you want to be? Like, it could literally be like when I'm in my dominant sexual energy, I like to send voice notes. <gasps> like, what are you doing right now? Ooh! And I'm not wearing latex. I'm not right. like da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Um, or don't wear underwear. That's a fun one that I wow. like to Are do. you a switch or are you more I'm, dominant? I'm a switch, but I'm way more submissive because I'm so dominant in my everyday life. Like I'm researching, I'm an advocate for sex positivity. So I step into my dominant side mm. to like tell these hoes to calm down. Right. And like, you know, all the, like all types of stuff. Right, right, <laughs> so, right. Um, so in my like personal life, I really like to be a submissive, like, and just be more submissive, period. I think that's like me because I feel like I'm always having to just be like dominant in my life yeah and having to you know run my business all these yeah. things so then like yeah then being in the bedroom is like I definitely just want him to just like take over and yeah. like tell me what to do absolutely you know so okay so next one um so 69% rope bunny Ooh. which I've never done that but what exactly is a rope bunny 
Someone who likes to be restrained with rope. Okay. Yeah. (gasps) Maybe I need to try that. Yeah. And again, there are classes you can take with credible people. Um, Like what? Always have scissors nearby. Scissors. Oh yeah. If you're gonna play with rope, so first off, if you're gonna play with rope, yeah, get some advice so I know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I trained to be a dominatrix for two years. (gasps) So. I don't okay. even know if we talked about that. We'll talk. Maybe the next pod. The, the next, next pod, one, we'll get into it. Yeah. I'd say from that training, the best advice I can give, if you're going to use bondage of some kind, have scissors nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to use rope, try and find rope that's, like, actually used for bondage because it, it won't be, like, tearing up your skin or right. coarse on your skin. Um, and then make sure, again, you have scissors nearby. So if you're using rope, as opposed to like bondage tape, which you can buy bondage tape at a sex store or you can mm. have handcuffs or, you know, other restraints. Mm. Um, but if you're going to have rope, make sure you have scissors that'll cut through the rope. Because the thing about, again, the thing about just restricting anything, whether you're choking someone or restricting them with rope or handcuffs or whatever, is just to make sure blood circulation does not mm. get blocked because you're a human being. You can pass out. You can create serious damage. Right, um, right. So... I would say with rope play, take a class. Um, Justine Cross, Mistress Justine Cross, actually Mm. hosts a bunch of classes. I highly, I think I'd recommend her the most. Okay. She's based in Los Angeles, but her classes are all virtual. So if you go to um, Mm. ladungeoneast.com, Mm-hmm. Um, or look her up on Instagram at Mistress Justine Cross. Um, she has classes on rope play. Oh, nice. And I need to take that class. Oh, absolutely. So you can yeah. learn all types of ways to tie people up and to play with rope yeah. and then have scissors nearby. <laughs> you yeah. can't say that enough. You feel like scissors. Um, for real, though. Yeah. And then when you're done with rope play, this is a really important step. Massage all the places that were bound. Because, again, you want to get that blood flowing again. You mm. want to get everything circulated. Make sure you have water nearby while you're playing with rope. Make sure to check in with your partner right, regularly to make sure that, like, they're feeling okay. Nothing is tingly. Have safe words, maybe. Safe words, for sure. The best safe word system, I find, is the stoplight system. Mm. So it's red means stop everything, take the rope off, I'm I'm done. Yellow means check in with me. I'm not saying that I'm done, but like maybe this hurts or I need water or whatever the fuck. Um, And then green is go. Like I'm good, baby. Keep going. Like this is is it. it. Don't stop. Yep, exactly. (laughs) I love that. Okay, because I definitely, I'm, I'm never been tied up. I've never, not even handcuffs, oh, yeah. nothing. But it, you know, there's really nice silk handcuffs at the pleasure chest. Mm. Um, you can order like thepleasurechest.com. But there's like nice, good quality handcuffs that don't look like the type that the cops have. Because I also think for some people, like cop style handcuffs can mm. be really triggering. Like. Right. Uh, it's especially if like people a person of color like it could be really triggering and people just like don't like it but Mm. it's still fun to be restrained so finding like silk handcuff style things Mm. that like feel nice on your skin but still like or ones that like hook to the bed like so you're you're hooked to the bed that sounds hot that's super fun like what like what should i don't know it's like what moves do you do when someone's tied up like i don't even know like i've never like i I feel like a virgin in that i think that's part of the the like the helplessness of it is is quite sexy yeah yeah and i think also the thought of just like having like blindfolds as well too. oh yeah blindfolds can be a huge libido booster so like if you like you don't need to have handcuffs or rope or whatever mm-hmm. like a blindfold is such a good entryway into trying something new because 
it heightens all your other senses. I was going to say, yeah. And it can really, like, also help us get out of our own head and relax with our partner and not, like, micromanage maybe or just mm. be anxious. But also, again, sometimes you can think a blindfold's going to be hot. You use it and you're like, this makes me more anxious. I need to see. I don't like right. this. So, you know, just try play everything. Try play everything. with it. Yeah. I just feel like it sounds hot because, you know, having ADHD – and it just, you know, it would like block at least one distraction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just have to focus on exactly. like the I love feeling. it personally. Yeah. It really, yeah. Okay, we're going to yeah. have to try that. Um, <laughs> so, and the next one is 63% masochist. Mm. So that's like. Enjoying the, fe- like feeling pain. Okay, okay. I was like, pleasure. is that the same thing as like degrading? But that's. It can be. They often, like one is often used to facilitate the other. But mm. it doesn't have to be because I'm someone who enjoys degradation. But I don't like physical pain. It, do- it doesn't mm. boost anything for me. Like it, it doesn't really take anything away necessarily. But it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't help, you know. I just feel like it gives me like pressure. Yeah. Especially when yeah. I'm like so close to coming Mm. like I need like I don't know what it is I just need a sense of just like pressure like I need him to to fucking spank the shit out of me like just squeeze the shit out of my tits as if it's gonna squirt out milk like I need like just intense pressure it helps me come well you know like again going back to the neuroscience of pleasure one of the things we recently discovered is that your pleasure pathway and your pain pathway in your brain share pathways so mm. this is why pleasure and pain feel good when they're mixed together. Mm. Um, it's also, this is why it's really important that we experience genuine pleasure on a regular basis. Because if you n- learn how to numb pleasure, then you're also teaching yourself how to numb pain. So you're basically teaching yourself not how to process your emotions. It's mm. really important. Like, they're, it's all connected. Yeah. So if you, like are numbing your pain. Like maybe you're, again, just repressing things, um, not feeling sadness, not feeling grief, Mm. then you're going to dull your ability to experience pleasure. And Mm. then if if you're kinky and you like being hit or whatever, you're not crazy or weird. Like those pathways are shared in the brain. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, at times, like, again, like I said, like I could be super like sexual. And then I have other times where I just feel like just no sense of, hormones or like sexual yeah. like desire because and I think a lot of the time it's just because of stress yeah I have like a million things in my mind so I feel like yeah. that makes sense that kind of oh, 100% to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. stress is like a huge like it's gonna be a block for sex yeah which is also fine because some like again these mixed messages we get about like mm. sexual empowerment being sexually empowered doesn't mean you're always turned on yeah like that yeah. would be that's unrealistic like, that's just, Thank you. I mean, you know, you're not always turned on. Being sexually empowered means that you know what you like, you are gentle on yourself and your journey, and that you know how to advocate for yourself and say no. Those, mm. to me, are way bigger markers of sexual empowerment as opposed to I get wet easily. Um, I because I don't get, like, wet easily. And sometimes I'd no, feel yeah. like I used to get wet easily, and then yeah. I, it just stopped. Yeah, I mean, well, that's also to... normal with aging. Okay. And I like, was going to say, I'm yeah. 31 now. Yeah. I feel like I'm not as wet as when I was 21. (laughs) Which is, again, it's fine. I mean, you also have a lot more responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Like, when we're 21, we probably, like, usually have a little bit more, like, free time to have more sex. 100%, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you could, like, get drunk as fuck and then the next day go back to work even though you sleep for, like, an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah, there's no way I'm doing that No, no. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot do that now. Like, hell no. Okay, so the next one... 
So masochist, 57, 57% brat, which yeah. we know. Mm-hmm. And then 57% vanilla, which... Which is so funny that they would say that. I, right. You know, I mean, I also... Well, first off, if you're listening to this and you think you are vanilla, there's also nothing wrong with being vanilla. There's nothing wrong with being like, vanilla. I used to think yeah. it was like, wait, am I boring Again, in bed? Yeah, the stupid messages we're getting about sexual empowerment. Like, mm. enjoy what you enjoy. Like, you don't have to be... I don't know. You don't have to be like a sex super person. And also, if you're vanilla, you are a sex super person. If you're having the sex you want, you're a sex superhero. If you're feeling good, that's all yeah, that matters. Exactly. Yeah. But in terms of vanilla, I don't even know what they mean by vanilla anymore. Like that's what, that's what I was saying. I was like, what is vanilla? I yeah. I because I thought like me just wanting to dirty talk and getting spanked was vanilla. But yeah, and that's for some people. That's like whoa. Yeah. So like, yeah. what's the most? vanilla thing ever <laughs> like it's just penetrating no dirty missionary talk. penetrative missionary. sex yeah but then again if, it's, if that's what you like then like right and there's nothing wrong with that I'm you're just having like, a revolution by enjoying sex there you go but i guess that could be yeah that could be vanilla, be vanilla. right yeah um okay so next one is primal mm, so meaning animalistic I like. raw primitive so 50 percent primal what does that mean yeah well i mean do you enjoy like it could mean something having to do with like pet or animal play or like okay. something like that. But it could also just mean like maybe being a little bit uninhibited. Like if you think of something primal, it's, right. you know, it's like raw and natural. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I'm like trying to think of all my. Sex. I wish they had like definition. Right. Like that's why. That's why you're. That's here. very vast. <laughs> that's like vast. oh, I like to be primal. I'm like okay. But like what does that mean? Right. That's very yeah. like vague. And then um, 57% submissive, mm. and then 50% dominant, and then I don't know what this is, but 39% sadist. Oh, sadist. 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 Oh, a sadist is someone who enjoys. <laughs> Can't read. I want to be. I want to be sad. No. Yeah. A I was sadist, like, do they, yeah. do I need to be sad? No. Which you can be. That's yeah. also a kink. Like that crying. Is, that is a kink. Yeah. I did hear about that. Um, but a sadist is someone who enjoys inflicting pain on another person, oh. which again is like very diverse. Like that could right. literally mean you like spanking people. But you don't like hitting them in the face. Right. Or you specifically like hitting people in the face. But you wouldn't, you know, like, it's so diverse. It's so diverse. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, I tried to choke my boyfriend once. And he yeah. was, like, not into it. <laughs> and I wasn't really into it. Yeah. We're like, that was not the thing. And we yeah. didn't do that again. Um, that's so funny. Status. Uh, so 38% rigor. rigor. Oh, that's um, someone who is doing the rope. Oh, okay. Rigor, R-I-G-G-R. Yeah. Not and. Just oh, in yes. case that, yeah. like, I didn't say it that. Could, or it could also be someone, so not only someone who's doing the rope, but, like, literally rigging you to be elevated and, like, above ground. So, Ooh. like, it's a, another, like, kink is being up in the air. Like, being oh. restrained, but up in the air. That's in an apparatus. So that's what someone who is rigging, that's what they would do. Oh. Yeah. I could tap into that. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. So next one is 36% voyeur. Which voyeur. Means- oh, yeah. You like looking at other people having sex. I'm yeah. like a 90% voyeur. Really? I mean, that's why I will go to sex parties just to watch. Like I want to go to sex it. parties so bad, and I just I'll haven't gone. Some. Okay, oh, my God. I, I need to go. <laughs> I know about, like, too many of them. It's out of control. Please tell yeah. me. Like, I told the twins. I was like, we, I need to go. Oh, yeah, for and sure. And so I'm just voicing it again. For sure. But let we'll me make know. it happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if I could, like, participate. 
but I would I love don't participate. to participate. I and then another thing I like to do when I go to sex parties is tell people they can't have sex with me. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> it's super fun. Like they yeah. just approach you and they're yeah, just like, like they'll be like, "Oh, do you want?" I'll be like, "No." You know, like kind of like not mean, but I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm like, like no. no, almost yeah. like a, like one of my kinks is like being a princess or like things like that. Like oh. also kind of being a brat, but being yeah. like an extra thing on top. Like she has a tiara, you know, right, right, right. And just a little so, bit more yeah. like high maintenance <laughs> just, about it. Yep, yeah, just yeah, a yeah. big bitch. Right. <laughs> and um, and <laughs> so, so like funny. I love it if someone like comes up to me and they're like, oh, blah blah blah. Do you want to come up to the sex room? No. Well, what if they're really hot? No. No. <laughs> Well, I also am seeing someone and I okay. like wouldn't just out want, of respect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, just respect and like I just am obsessed with her. So like mm. wouldn't really want that. But right. like, not at this time in my journey. But like. Right. Right. Yeah. It's I like saying no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like saying no, but I like being like, no. But oh, yeah. Because you have but, the slutty fetish. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. But I also like want them to like chase me. So I want them to keep oh, like. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. Asking me until I'm like, no, fuck no. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> but the, if there's a flirty sense of, you know, but yeah. I don't think I would have sex with anyone there just because like. I'm just not comfortable with that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not into like having. I'm also not into PDA. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't even like to like, and I've said this on the show before, I've always been like this with every relationship. Like I don't ever really even like to like, you know, be kissing my boyfriend in front yeah. of people, like let yeah. alone having sex. Like yeah. it's, you know, um, but that's just me. Yeah. I'll watch people. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I would love to go to a sex party, watch people. But yeah. Yeah. We'd oh. be good sex party friends because yes! we'll just be going, booping around, watching everybody. Oh my God. I <laughs> I want to go because I feel like there's still so much I like want to see and explore. And like mm. I could, you know, I could talk about it. I could yeah. hear about it, but I feel like I want to see it and really just get, yeah. you know. And it's funny because my experience going to them, like the first time I went, I was like, this is going to be groundbreaking. And I'm like, this is just a party. And then like <laughs> one of the rooms, people are having sex. Like, it's yeah. like not as, like it's still like... It can be like a big step, but mm. it's not as crazy as you think. Like I just how I envision it is just like a social event. Yeah. And we're all just like just chilling and then people are having sex. But I don't really think it's like I don't see it as like a big production. No. I no. just see it as like a house party with people yeah, like literally. Sex and then yeah. in like some rooms are sex rooms and then yeah. there's like the main hangout room. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanna go and I wanna watch so I can learn something. Yeah. We'll okay. go. Okay, we'll go. <laughs> Well, I thank you for coming on the pod. Yeah, and thank like, you for having me. And this was fun. This was so much fun. We'll do this again next yeah. time in town. I just, I feel like I always have so many questions and like, I think it's important to continuously learn yeah. um, about sex and to normalize it. And yeah. I'm just I'm so grateful that Danny introduced us. I and, know like, he's, if I know that Danny's been on your podcast before and he's going to yeah. be again, everybody listen to the astrology episode. He's wonderful. Uh, oh, they did. They yeah. loved it. They are like, they, I've been getting so many messages like bring Danny back. We he's love so him. He's so good. He's so, magic. Uh, he, yeah. He's literally magic. Yeah. I love, I love him. him. And I love that we have our little like pod, collab crew yeah it's fun. <laughs> it's so fun. No, it's so good i've always dreamed of this <laughs> i've always dreamed of this but yeah um 
this is where we plug ourselves. Yeah. Let them know where they can find you, where they can follow you, and all that stuff. Absolutely. Well, it's really easy. You can follow me at Pleasure Science on Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. I post tons of sexy, fun, new facts all the time. Um, and then I also do sextrology readings for people. <gasps> oh, yeah. Because Girl. I, I love astrology. I've been studying it since I was 15. I would like, I'm such a nerd. Like, yeah. if you're a nerd, <laughs> you're going to love me. Um, but I, I like, loved looking at astrology books and reading about it and I've been doing that since I was like 15 and so wow. one of the ways that I love to work with people is to do their birth chart and just I'm like okay these are your strengths mm. and this is maybe why you have these blocks and let's like look at what's going on and mm. um and so that's you know you can find me and book one of those sessions if you like Amazing. and yeah and yeah and then you guys follow me Stephanie Megan or go to brokotherapy.com and you get if you want to like ask uh, Nadej oh I can't speak right now. <laughs> I, I did like 10 episodes in a row, so don't mind me. If you guys want to ask questions on the pod and you want her to answer because she's a professional, you don't want me to answer because I, I need to be educated, go ahead and send it over at contact at brokeltherapy.com or on my website. And then, yeah. Love yeah. you guys. Bye. Broke Girl Therapy. Broke, broke, girl, girl, therapy. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused, and you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously. Mm-mm, not she. They, maybe? W wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every.